Hello there. I am back again with the latest episode of The Good Life with Dawn Richards. This is Dawn Richards, your host, and it is great to be back with you again. Um, Each time I come back, it seems like the world has shifted even more than the previous session. So here we are now um, in the second quarter of 2020, and life as we knew it definitely um, is no more. But I think um, one of the great things, and and not I think, but I know that one of the great things about being connected with God and walking with God and knowing God is that it really doesn't matter what the temporal circumstances are. Uh, what ultimately matters is that God has us no matter what. And we have to keep our faith rooted and grounded in that even as we go through these, you know, unprecedented times, scary times, challenging times on many fronts. We have to remember that he is faithful and my part and a big part of my ministry is to exhort and to encourage um, the people of God and even, you know, the people in the world that have yet to know God um, around his faithfulness, around his goodness, around our covenant benefits and rights, because that's what we ultimately fall back on. Um, I guess I'm just going in for it now. Well, I'll do some small talk in a moment. But one of the things that I've been thinking about and one of the scriptures I've been thinking about quite a bit lately is um, the scripture that teaches us that, you know, we are people of hope. And the scripture clearly distinguishes those who are hopeless because there are people in the earth that are actually hopeless versus those of us who actually have hope. And here is the distinction. Here is the distinguishing factor. It says those who are in the world without God and who don't know their covenant. They're strangers to the covenant of God. So that not only qualifies people that have yet to be born again, it's talking about some Christians who have yet to become intimate with their covenant rights. Because what good is it to have a Bible to have Jesus living in your heart, to have him die for you and provide all these wonderful benefits that you never actually take advantage of and you don't even know they exist. Um, You know, if you go on a job and you have this benefits package and they say, well, you know, Miss Johnson, you're going to get, you know, 401k match and you're going to get this amount of time, paid time off and you're going to get, you know, some stock and you're going to get all these benefits and you never even have the time and you never even take the time to open the benefits package, well, guess what? You're going to forfeit your benefits. And that's not who we are called to be. We're not called to be those people that are strangers to our covenants of promise, basically walking around in this world without, as if we don't have a God. Um, And so that's who's hopeless. If you know God, you know your covenant, you're never hopeless. Glory be to God. So, um, With that, I do pray that in spite of and in the midst of all that is happening, that you are finding your refuge in the Lord. You are, you know, doing what we're supposed to be doing um, as it relates to staying home as much as you can, especially if you're not in one of those essential business uh, roles. And that is helping you to stay safe, but it's also helping um, all of those that you might come in contact with stay safe and your family stay safe. So it's really important that we follow the rules um, as, you know, I guess Debbie Downer, as they might 
be at times. Um, I hope you'll make the best of it. If you are um, blessed to have a family that, you know, you just make the most of this extra time with your family. My hat's off to all of you that are doing double, triple duty as you know, you work possibly from home as you homeschool your children, as you become, you know, the regular short order cook, whatever that looks like. <laughs> um, I just pray God's God's speed to you as you continue it. And, you know, if you don't know what day of the week it is on occasion, it's OK. We're not judging. Um, I have definitely had my moments where I'm like, what, what day is it? And I've had to look at the calendar. So, um, yeah, I just do pray that you find ways to keep your spirits uplifted, you know, laugh, um, maybe get some exercise, get, get your body moving, um, so you can rest well at night, um, and you won't, you know, fall prey to maybe some of those quarantine snacks that, um, we might have on hand. <laughs> So I'm, I'm really um, wanting to just boost our mindsets because our mindsets really frame um, our outlook and, and it frames how we move in this life and how we anticipate what's, what's going to happen for us. You know, it, it, it basically sets the stage for what God can and can't do. Um, and yes, God can do anything um, in the purest sense, but we can sometimes limit and hinder how he would like to move into the fullness of how he would like to move. And so we want to make sure no matter again, what the natural circumstances and situations are around us, um, at this very moment or at any given time that we are plugged in glory be to God, to who we are in Christ and to what belongs to us. I mean, you just heard me talk about our benefits and our covenant and that's really where I want to steer us today as we talk about in this new episode, episode 25, yay, we're going to talk about an abundance mindset because mindset is everything. Mindset is everything. The Bible tells us uh, in the word of God, I believe it's Proverbs 23 and 7, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you have to kind of take a step back. You have to pause and you have to say, wait a minute, how am I thinking? What am I thinking, number one, about myself? Do I see myself as victorious? Do I see myself able to overcome challenges that come against me and that face me in life? Do I see myself strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? Or do I see myself defeated? Do I see myself and do I think of myself as someone who is under the circumstance? We have to keep our pulse on how we're thinking about the situations and circumstances we face. We have to keep our pulse on how we're thinking about ourselves. Monitor that internal dialogue. Monitor that internal chatter that the enemy likes to get in on. Because remember I taught a while back when I taught a two-part lesson in the episodes on taking control of your life. And the first part was around our words. And the second part was around our thoughts. And I taught on how we never have an independent thought. If you, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I encourage you to go back because it will help you build upon where we are now and talking about our mindset specifically. But you never have an independent thought. It's either going to come from one or two sources, from God or from the devil. So you in and of yourself have lots of help. Now, you are ultimately the deciding factor on which thought will be able to stick, so to speak, which seed will actually go into the soil of your heart and your mind and ultimately bring forth that fruit in your life. But they originate from one or two places. So when you have thoughts 
that constantly make you feel bad about yourself, that make you anxious, that make you um, fearful. Those thoughts are ministering death to you and they're coming from Satan. That's not you just feeling away. No, you have you have demonic help on that front and you have to cast those thoughts down. And again, I go into quite a bit of detail on how to capture your thoughts, how to take control of your thoughts and ultimately take control of your life in those <clears throat> in that previous episode. So go ahead and go back and have a listen when you get a chance. But today we're going to definitely flip the switch and we're going to make sure that we are plugged into our abundance because maybe you are one of the people who've been impacted as a result of COVID-19 and maybe you are currently not working and maybe you're wondering how you're going to take care of yourself and take care of your family. And those are very real, 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 as real as it gets situations um, that I faced before and that, you know, others have faced but ultimately, the good news is God is is faithful. And so as we do our part, because, see, we have a part and God has a part. I always talk about how Jesus has done his part to obtain the victory. And then our part is to maintain the victory. So when you have a battle waging in your mind, then you've got to be ready to maintain the victory that's already yours. The enemy is coming to steal what belongs to you. See, he already knows you're victorious. The question is, do you know you're victorious? And so he's going to try to challenge that and challenge you through your thoughts, through your emotions, through circumstances and situations, everything that's out here in this temporal, physical realm. And the Bible gives us some good news about all of that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, there he says to us, the things that are seen are temporal or temporary or subject to change. But the things that are unseen, meaning the things of the spirit, the things of the word, glory to God, are eternal. And eternal trumps temporary every time. So we want to hang on to those things and we want to latch on to those things and we want to identify with those things that are eternal, i.e. the word of God, what God has said about us, what he said he'll do in our lives, what he's promised to us who we are in him, what we can expect from him as his children. Glory to God. That is the walk of faith. That is the life of a believer in Christ Jesus. And so as we dive into these scriptures on an abundance mindset, God just dropped this in my spirit, I guess within the last week or two. Um, and I've done a little bit of sharing on it um, on some of my social media platforms, but I really wanted to take just a few dedicated moments to sit down and go through some scriptures that for me are really good foundational scriptures on abundance. You definitely can build on these. This is not exhaustive by any means, but it's just to get your mind focused, your spirit built up, and you remembering and claiming and standing on all that God has given to you and promised to you. And we're doing it together. Just know that there are believers around the world right now that are standing in their authority in Christ, that are rebuking the devil, that are calling in the promises of God, that are claiming what rightfully belongs to them. So we're in this together. There is a collective blessing and power in the earth that's happening. And God is responding. Hallelujah. As many negative reports that the media publishes and you know, all of those are, are um, significant to those individuals and, and, and really to our society as a whole. There are miracles happening every day that we don't get to hear about 
on the on the nightly news. So believe you me, God is alive and well and on the throne and he is faithful to move in our lives as we trust in him and as we put his word to the test. So let's dive in. Let's start. Um, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be primarily sharing out of the New Living Translation. I may switch up switch over um, on a couple of scriptures, but you can follow along. Um, if you have your Bible, we're going to start in Psalm 65. And I start every year, and you, you've heard me say this if you've listened to some of my previous podcast messages um, and teachings. I start every year. And when I say every year, it doesn't matter what the calendar says. If it's a new year, I'm, I'm claiming it and I'm saying it. And I start every year by declaring that it is my best year yet. And why do I do that? And why do I feel like God led me to do that many, many years ago? I've been doing this for at least 10 plus years now. And why is that? Because God said it first. (laughs) I got it on good authority. He said it first. And so if he said it, then that means it's available. So why not be bold? We've been talking about boldness. Why not be courageous? Why not step into the fullness of who I am? And decree a thing so it can be established unto me. So yeah, I see what's happening around. I I had some issues, some craziness already happening that I've taken authority over before Corona even reared its head. But the point is, I will have the best year yet. Whatever that means, it will be the goodness of God showing up in my life. And you have to get that doggone-itness about yourself and about your life. And every time you get ready to embrace, you can say it every new year, every new day, every new week, every new month, however often you feel led to do so. But we've got to take these promises for face value. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So here in Psalm 65, he lays it out and he starts off by saying, I'm going to start in verse nine. And I'm going to read through nine verses nine through 13. He says, the rivers of God will not run dry. Do you hear the overflowing abundance in that? In other words, God is never going to run out. The provision of God is never going to run out. You're never going to tap God out. You're never going to exhaust heaven's resources. There is no lack in God. So there is no lack in you. Glory to God. He says the rivers of God will not run dry. They provide a bountiful harvest of grain. And this is the New Living Translation. For you have ordered it so. You drench the plowed ground with rain. He drenches it. Think about when something is drenched. Have you ever gotten caught in the rain? I remember there were a few times and there have been a a few times as an adult. But I remember in college, I don't know why, but man, I, I would get... I would be on campus walking to a class or coming from a class. And inevitably, there were a few times where I was drenched, not so much because of the rainfall itself, but because of the big bus that would drive by and splash me. And if you have on blue jeans, then you know that's definitely not a good look or a good feel. (laughs) So you know what it means to be drenched. There's nothing meager about that. That means you are saturated. Glory be to God. You are altogether wet and wet it down with whatever it is. So God says he drenches the plowed ground with rain. He melts the clods and levels the ridges. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. 
This is why I boldly say every year that this will be my best year yet because God has already said. See, he says so I can say. He says he crowns the year. He didn't put a date on it. He said the year. So whatever the year is, then it applies. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways So yeah, there might be some hard pathways. There might be some bumps and bruises and ridges in the road. But he says he'll make the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth. But he said even the hard pathways are going to overflow with what? Abundance. So it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what's happening. There is abundance in the house of God. There is abundance in the kingdom of God. There is abundance for the children of God. And God has made this promise to us. And I claim this every year. Now in the King James Version, verse 11 says, you crown the year with your goodness. So you can automatically equate God's goodness with abundance. You can't say it's good and it's God and it's meager and it's poor and it's straggly raggedy barely enough, not enough. Will we ever have enough? No, that's not God's MO. That's not how God flows. He's the God of more than enough. He's El Shaddai, the almighty God, the all sufficient God, the many breasted one, our God who is more than enough. And he says, my rivers will never run dry. I will drench the ground with rain. I'm not going to just let a few drops sprinkle here and there. I'm going to drench it. And I am going to crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Glory be to God. Even the hard pathways will overflow with abundance. And he says, because of that, the wilderness becomes a lush pasture. So you will see the switch. You will see the switch because he says once he gets involved, that wilderness, that dry place, that bewilderment, that confusion, it's going to become a lush pasture. It's going to wipe all of that out. And the hillsides will blossom with joy. And the meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep. I mean, can you just see the lavishness here? Can you just see it in your mind's eye? Sometimes just take the time to sit with the word and imagine it. Let it paint a picture for you. Close your eyes and just meditate on it. Speak it out loud and then let it frame your thoughts. And he says, and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. Now, I've never met anybody that shouts because they don't have anything. I've never met anybody that's shouting for joy because they're broke. I've never met anybody that's shouting for joy because they can't pay their bills. I've never met anybody that's shouting for joy because they have nothing. Now, maybe by faith. But we're talking about real unadulterated shouting and joy. Because God did a thing. He did it. He crowned the year with a bountiful harvest. He crowned the year with his goodness. Even the hard pathways overflow with his abundance. His rivers will never run dry. That 
is our heritage in Christ Jesus. Not barely getting along, scraping by, a hoping and a praying, begging and borrowing, stealing from Peter to pay Paul. No, that broke lack stuff is belongs to the devil and his crew. It has nothing to do with the people of God. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree. That, so that, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So see, he did that so we can have this. You know, a good parent goes to work so that their child can have a roof over their head clothes on their back, food on the table, a place to go to sleep. That's what a good parent does. And our father gave his only begotten son who died on a cross for us. Glory to God, it's Holy Week. So that we could have abundance. Now, is it going to fall, fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree? No, we have to possess it we have to claim it we have to reap it we have to call it in so we do have a part but our part is the good part it's the easy part it's the part of a child responding to a parent's love you know growing up I didn't have to convince my mom to make it warm in the house in the winter and cool in the house in the summer I didn't have to convince her to take me to the doctor if I wasn't feeling well. I didn't have to convince my dad to, you know, do whatever it is I needed him to do. I didn't have to convince my parents to be good to me. They were predisposed to be good to me. And I'm grateful for that because I know that not everyone grows up in, you know, everybody's, you know, childhood is different in some capacities. Some, sometimes there are unfortunate situations or downright horrible situations. But as an example... Those needs and many of my wants, even as far as my parents were able, were fully and happily supplied. I didn't have to do a song and a dance and a, and a backflip to get them to see that I should have dinner at night. No, and neither do we where God is concerned. So this is our inheritance. That's why I like to talk about covenant. I like to talk about heritage because it means you have a right to it. You know, before you go make a claim on something, you got to have a right to it. You know, you can't just walk into the bank and say, hey, you know, I want to withdraw $10,000 today. And they're going to say, oh, and, and do you really? Well, what is your claim to that? What is your right to that? And then you're going to have to produce proof that you actually have an account with that amount of money there that goes to you. Not somebody else's account, but your account that legally, rightfully belongs to you. And then all bets are off. You can do it. You can do it. So that's who we are as children of God. And if you're not acquainted with your covenants of promise, again, you're operating as somebody who is hopeless. And God hasn't called us to be hopeless. He's done everything. So we never will be hopeless. But you choose. Praise the Lord. So let's move on over in the next chapter, Psalm 66, 12. Listen at this. 
He says, we went through the fire and the flood. Yeah, we went through it. You know, you might go, you might've gone through a layoff. You might've gone through a divorce. You might've gone through a bad sickness. You might be going through some of those things. Now you might've gone through being evicted out of your, out of your home. You might've gone through your children acting crazy and, you know, acting like they don't have any sense, <laughs> whatever that might be. You, you went through some things. I've gone through some things, but here's the final, here's the final word. But you brought us to a place of great abundance. Hallelujah. He brought us to a wealthy place. One translation says, there is a wealthy place for you and for me, child of God, in God, not in the world, not hooking and crooking and, and working five jobs and doing all that. No, that will never lead you to the ultimate wealthy place in God. Is work good? Absolutely. Is it ordained of God? Absolutely. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. But all your toil, you've been redeemed from that. Check out Genesis 1 and 2. That's under the curse. You know, we're, we're under the blessing now. I just shared that with you from Galatians 3. So we operate differently. It hit different when you're in the kingdom of God, as they say. I like to try to use my little slang. Don't judge me. <laughs> I try to be relevant on that front. But the point being, we are in a different kingdom with different rules, different laws. We flow differently. We live differently. And ultimately, we should have a different result than the world. And so, yes, do we go through things just like everyone else? The biggest fallacy is that somehow when you become a Christian that you never have any more problems. You never have anything else happen in your life. No, there couldn't be anything further from the truth because... Now the enemy is really mad because you're coming against his kingdom if you're actually living for God, but he can't defeat us. That's already been established. So you actually will go through things. Jesus said it. He didn't want us to think that we were somehow going to just, you know, have easy street without any opposition. But the good news is we've already been given the victory. So we know how the story ends. And here the Bible is telling us how it ends. He says, you may go through the flood. You may go through the fire. But he's bringing you into a place of great abundance. It's already been set for us. It's already been established that our destiny is abundance. Our resting place, our destination. Our landing spot. Is great abundance. Glory to God. So let's go now to Deuteronomy 8, 18. And in Deuteronomy 8, God is talking to the children of Israel. You know, he's doing great things and he's saying, listen, when you come into all your wealth, when you, when, you know, when you're set, when you're established, you're living good, you're eating good, you're driving good, you're wearing good, you're happy, your family's good, your marriage is good, your kids are good, your parents are good. It's good on your block all as well. Do not forget the Lord. Because he is the one who gave you the authority and the power to get wealth. 
so that his covenant could be established in the earth. So that's just a little side note. As you get your come up on in life, it's not so you can worship your money and your possessions. No, you worship God because they can go just as quickly as they came. The Bible says it can take wings and fly away. So we don't want to worship the creation. We want to worship the creator from whom all blessings flow. We always want to keep that right. Don't get it twisted. Money is not your God. It should not be your God. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon. God is God. And he is the one that gives us the power to get wealth. So if by some chance you have been indoctrinated with the fact that money is evil, that you having money is evil, that God really doesn't want you to have all that, then this scripture shows us proof positive that that's a lie. Because he said he is the one that gives you the power to get wealth. And why would he give you the power to get wealth if he didn't want you to have wealth? Why would he give you the power to do something that he doesn't want you to do? Why would he give you the power to have something that he doesn't want you to have? No, the Bible says that he's given us the power to get wealth so that, and this is the reason why, let's keep it kingdom. It's so we can establish his covenant. And what is his covenant? Wealth, health, wisdom. Salvation, protection, security, soundness, peace, joy, love, righteousness, the Holy Ghost. So we can establish it in the earth as his body. And then others can see it. They can touch it. They can feel it. Because remember, I've taught in the past that the way the world responds is in this natural physical realm. They cannot perceive the things of the spirit so they respond to the natural realm and God gives us signs. The Bible says he will make of you a symbol and a source of blessing. So he will make you a symbol so people can, when they see you, you symbolize. Because what is a symbol? A symbol represents something. It symbolizes something. And when God's people are seen in the earth, he wants us to symbolize what it means to be a child of God. What it means to be an heir of God. Does it mean to be broke, busted, and disgusted, defeated? No. It means to be strong, go, uh, blessed, healthy, wealthy, wise, overcoming, victorious, always, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then... Because he knows human nature, because he created human nature... <laughs> He knows that that's going to set something off in them that's going to make them want what and who you have. And that's like the dinner bell that rings that says, oh, I want some of that God life. I want some of that covenant life. I want some of that Jesus life. And then they come into the kingdom and you're able to lead them into the kingdom. And then they join the family and they perpetuate it and they symbolize. And then they go reach others and on and on and on it goes. So God wants that for you and for me. He wants us to be his witnesses in the earth, in every realm, not just talking. Yeah, it's good to speak it. It's good to preach it. But he wants us to show and tell.
Show and tell. That's what time it is in the earth. Because that's what the enemy is doing. He's showing and telling. And he's creating these lies that are destroying people's lives. They're going after false gods. They're going after all this foolishness and this wickedness in the earth. Thinking that that's going to be the thing that's going to put everything back together for them. The drugs and the alcohol and the illicit sex and the affairs and the stealing and killing and all that. Only to discover that they've destroyed themselves. So no, God is wanting us to show and tell the truth. And by doing that, people have what? A choice. And then once they have a choice, well, it's up to them. They can choose God or they can choose to stay with Satan and they'll have the fruit thereof. God will never force anybody, nor has he ever forced anybody to serve him. We are free moral agents. Would he love it? Did he die for us to serve, to be with him and to, to, to know him and to have his blessings and to live with him in eternity? Absolutely. Did he shed his blood for that? Absolutely. But will he force it on you? No. In fact, he'll escort you right to the gate of hell if that's what you want. Because you choose. I choose. And that choice must be made in this life. There is no choosing. Once you say lights out and it's good night for good, there is no more choosing. You know, there used to be a commercial when I was a little girl and it was a telephone company. I want to say it might have been AT&T or the company that was formerly AT&T, who knows. But nonetheless, the commercial went something like this. Choose or a choice will be made for you. And that's really how it goes with the kingdom and with spiritual things, I should say. Jesus says, if you're not with me, you're automatically against me. You don't have to stand up and say, I'm against you, Jesus. The fact that you're not with him, you've already made it clear that you're against him. So see, either you actively on purpose choose because he says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my father in heaven. How dare you think you're going to put me on the back burner and tip up in this kingdom? No, you're going to embrace me in the full day of light if you want in. And if you decide not to choose me, you've already made a choice. You've chosen the dark side. You know, I didn't get too into the Star Wars series. Um, I was never really a sci-fi person as a child. So I, when Star Wars was really kicking up, I went to one or two of those little movies. And child, I was so bored. I didn't, I didn't really get the fullness. But as an adult, there was one, one season where I kind of got into it. And it's when they started doing um, the prequels. And they kind of took you all the way back to the beginning. And they showed you how Luke Skywalker became Darth Vader and Darth Vader and all that I might be mixing it up so if you are a Star Wars fanatic don't don't write me any ugly letters don't don't correct me I, I, I know I'm probably botching it up just play along for play along sake <laughs> but what I found fascinating is that I guess it was Anakin Anakin who became Darth Vader he was the sweetest little boy but he ultimately chose, he 
chose, which is crazy to me. Now, I was seeing all these spiritual parallels when I was watching this thing. Um, most people probably wouldn't, but I saw all the spiritual parallels there. And he literally chose the dark side. He gave himself over to the dark side, to the darkness. And he became Darth Vader. So every day we have to choose. And it's not a one-time decision. Yes, the decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the decision of life. And that is a one-time decision. But then we make daily decisions to linger and stay in the light and on the Lord's side or to tip over into the dark side. And we sometimes are teeter-tottering and we're playing with it. But we need to be resolute in these last days. Honey, if you have any type of a pulse, you know things are winding up. There's not a lot of time left. So you don't want to be caught on the dark side and be condemned to life as Darth Vader. <laughs> you want to be in the light. Glory to God. And that comes through decisions and choices that you make. You know, I looked at a quote just yesterday and it says, says something to the effect of my life is not a result of my circumstances. It really resonated with me. It said, my life is a result of my decisions. Now, yes, things happen to us. People do things to us. They try to perpetrate ill will on us. But ultimately, we will stand in who we are in Christ and defeat all of that. But the decisions that we make are the key influencers of who we are and where we end up in life. If you decide that you're going to be a liar and deceive and hook and crook, when you end up in the gutter or in somebody's jail cell, you did that. Nobody did that. Your childhood and your parents not loving you enough. No, you cannot blame that on your parents. That's you. You made those choices. So see, we have to be big girls and big boys and we have to own our decisions. And when we make bad decisions, the good news is God is right there to deliver us. He's right there to forgive us, to clean us up, to dust us off and to put us right back on the right path. If we want it, even that is a choice. You can cry out at any moment and say, Lord, I'm a fool. Lord, I've been stupid. Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, help me. Turn me around. Put me on the right path. Show me where to go. Show me what to do. Help me, Jesus. And do you know he will respond every time? You will never be without God. He will be with you even until you walk into the gate of hell, if that's what you choose. Now, you can choose it. He'll be there all along saying, I really would advise you not to rob the 7-Eleven. I really don't think you want to rob the 7-Eleven. I don't think you want to rob the 7-Eleven. But you know what? He's not going to stop you from robbing the 7-Eleven if that's what you want to do. And when you rob the 7-Eleven and you subsequently go to prison for robbing the 7-Eleven, God will still be there. And then somebody like me who does prison ministry will come in and minister to you about how God is there. And we'll tell you how much Jesus loves you and how he wants to save you. And you can choose then. Maybe you're sitting in there crafting another plot of how you're going to come out and do, do some more. But guess what? You have to own that. 
Those are your choices that lead to your consequences. So let's move on. Romans 5.17 teaches us that God is abundant in his grace to us. And that is why we rule and reign in this life in Christ Jesus. I'm going to turn over there in my Bible real quickly. I'm not going to read every scripture. Some of them I will paraphrase. But I do want to read Romans 5.17. And there it says, The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us, but all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So here God is basically saying the grace that Jesus brought to bear when he came into the earth is far superior and far greater than the death that Adam leashed and or unleashed in the earth when he disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden. Jesus and what he did will always be far greater than what the enemy and what Adam could have done. So we have an abundance of grace. And if the world needs anything now, it's grace. And the Bible says his grace is sufficient for you. If you ever wake up in the morning and the enemy is trying to taunt you and tell you you're not going to make it back. Oh, this is it. You're not coming out of this one. You, you might have come out of the last one, but you're not going to come out of this one. No, you, you open your mouth and you say, God's grace is sufficient for me. And he always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. And you shut up, devil. You know, you can tell the devil to shut up. And guess what he has to do? Shut up. So there is abundance of grace for you and for me. Philippians 4.19 you might be familiar with that scripture there. It says that my God will richly supply. And this is the amplified translation because it's, it, it just, oh, my God will richly supply. Listen at this and fill to the full my every need according to his riches and glory through and by Christ Jesus. Is there anything that speaks to lack, not having, not enough, don't know where it's going to be enough, don't know how I'm going to make it? Is there anything that speaks to that in that verse? No, he says he will supply your every need. If you need it, he's got it. I want you to start saying that to yourself. If I need it. My God has got it. Now, that may not be the perfect English, but I'm, you want to emphasize the fact that whatever you need, if you need health, if you need finances, if you need wisdom, if you need a friend, if you need support, if you need strength, if you need a place to live, if you need something to drive, if you need a job, if you want a husband or a wife. Whatever it is, he says, I've got it. And not only does he have it, he says he's going to give it to you richly, fully. He's not over there penny pinching. 
you know, giving you the side eye like, mm, let me see. Hmm. Okay, that one, that one right there. Now, I don't know about them. I think I'm just going to break them off a little something. No, he richly supplies and fills to the full your every need. Meaning, the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. Because he is the best. You say, what's greater than first class? Jesus class? God class? Oh yeah, there is something higher than first class. It's the God class. It's Jesus class. Honey, he walks on gold. So nothing in this earth realm can impress him because he created it all. And he decided gold was worthy of his feet. So yes, we must elevate our mindset to think like God thinks. And let that broke poverty mentality go. And you know what the best thing about it is? It's not contingent upon how the stock market is performing. It's not contingent upon what type of job you have. Because honey, the janitor can do just as well as the CEO when they're tapped into God. It's not contingent upon who likes you and who's, who's on your side and who's playing favorites. You don't have to kiss up and kiss butt to get ahead in life. All you got to do is serve God, listen to him, obey and he will exalt you in due time, no matter what anybody else thinks or says about it. In fact, they don't have a say. The only two people that have a say are you and God. So if you can think it, dream it, desire it, and it's in the will of God. Ephesians 3.20 says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above more than. We can never ask or think or dream or hope according to the power that is at work in us. And he says, when I supply your needs, it's not going to be based on what the bank around the corner has. It's going to be based on my riches and glory. Because see, that bank can and will run out. We see that right now. We've seen it before. But my riches and glory, they will never run out. So doesn't it make sense to be plugged into the source that is never going to run dry? Remember, we started this off in Psalm 65 where it tells us the rivers of God will never run dry. You're never going to go to the rivers of God and find a dry, barren creek. No, it's overflowing. Lavish. He drenches the ground. He drenches your life. He fills to the full your every need. Spiritually, financially, socially, emotionally, physically, health-wise, whatever it is, he's got it. Glory to God. Let's go over to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and we're almost done, and I want to share a few more scriptures, and then what you can do and what you should do, 
I don't like to really tell people what they should do. I like to suggest maybe this is something you want to do. I try to tell that to people that are kind of bossy because I, I know ladies, sometimes we can be bossy. <laughs> and we forget and we tell people what they should do. Obviously, if you have minors and dependents, yeah, you tell them what they should do. But as it relates to your fellow adults, people that you engage with who are also grown-ups, then yeah, it's better to say, I suggest. So I suggest that you would take the podcast, you would listen to it again, you would write down the notes, you would write down the scripture references if you're not doing it right now real time, and you would meditate on these scriptures and you would pray these scriptures out loud and you would praise God over them and you would build your mind and your heart and your your expectancy up so that any time lack tries to rear its ugly head in any area of your life, you are ready. Because you will be tried. We will be tried. We're being tried right now. But guess what? We win. Psalm 23, verse 1. We're going to look at verse 1 and verse 5. Verse 1 says, and you're probably very familiar with this scripture. I love Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The King James Version says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But the Lord is my shepherd. So I have everything I need. He didn't say the Lord is your shepherd. So you'll have some things that you need. Now don't be greedy. You know, you can't be over here expecting God to give you everything. No, he said, the Lord is my shepherd and I have everything I need. Glory to God. So if you need it, like we just said in Philippians 4:19, God's got it. And that means that you've got it. So you need to claim it. Is the Lord your shepherd? Did you meet that condition? Okay. Well, then the promise is that you have everything you need. Bless the Lord. You will never have a need. I will never have a need that God can't meet. They may have diagnosed you as being crazy or then a dingbat. But do you know that God can make your mind sound and right and give you right thinking? So you don't have to take medication for the rest of your life to function. Did you know God can do that? Is having a sound mind a need to live a good life? Well, God's able to give it to you. There are no limits in God. There are no limits. Bless the Lord. Verse 5 says, and I love this. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Now, if that doesn't make you scream and howl, I don't know what will. Because not only did he say, I'm going to set you up, prepare this abundant table, but I'm going to make your enemies watch. <laughs> they will have to watch. Glory to God. And the last time I checked, there were no enemies in heaven. So he's not talking about in heaven. He's talking about right here on earth. 
and Satan and his crew will have to watch it. And he says that he's going to welcome you as his guest. Now, it's one thing for the president of the United States or the former president of the United States. Excuse me. Okay, I'll repent for that, Lord. It's one thing for the president of the United States to welcome of states to welcome you as his guest. But it's an entirely different otherworldly thing for God to welcome you as his guest. And he says, I will welcome you as my guest, anointing your head with oil and your cup overflows with trouble, with sorrow, with badness. No, he said your cup overflows with blessings. Glory to God. Get with that. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. I do want to go to Psalm 115 real quickly. I'm just going to share with you what it says there, and you can look it up in your own time. Psalm 115, verses 12 through 16. And there, and this is one of my favorites. I know I say that about every scripture. They all are really, but I love Psalms 115, verses 12 through 16. And there he says, I will increase you more and more. In other words, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, you thought that was good. Hold on. I still got some more for you. Oh, you thought that vacation was awesome. You thought that house was amazing. You thought that car was awesome. You thought that job was great. You thought that business was wonderful. You thought that was great. I will increase you more and more and more and more. He says that not only you, but you and your children, because you are blessed of the Lord who made heaven and earth. So see who made heaven and earth, who made heaven and earth, the Lord. And he says, because I made it, I can do what I want with it. And I choose to increase you increase, not decrease. See, years ago, I want to say this was sometime in the early 2000s, and that was really the first time in my life, cognizantly, that I recall people talking about a recession. They may have spoken about it when I was a child, but I just wasn't clued in because I didn't care. I was a child. But as an adult, and I was working at the time, um, I remember I had gone on a vacation, a really nice vacation. I came back to the office, and I had a T-shirt on from one of the places I'd been. And one of the guys that worked with me had the nerve to say, how could you go to such and such place and we're in a recession? And I politely looked him in his face and I told him, I'm not in a recession. Now you may be in a recession, sir, but I'm not. Never have been, never will be. I said, I'm in a progression because my God increases me more and more and more. So see, when you bring, when you come, be ready for what you're going to get. And he probably wasn't ready for all that, but that's what he got. And he never said anything else because I'm in a progression. So yes, I can do that. Maybe you can't do that. Maybe you can't imagine that. Maybe that's beyond you in your realm of possibility, but it's not beyond me and my God. There are no limits. Glory to God. So as talk of 
collapses, financial ruin, recessions. We've seen it before. We've been there. Don't you dare claim that. You rebuke it. You say that'll never happen to me. And anybody that wants to challenge you on it, you let them know. My God increases me more and more and more. And he doesn't need anybody's permission. And you don't need anybody's permission to be the great person that God has created you to be. You don't have to apologize for the blessings of God on your life and in your life. That's crazy. So no, he increases you and your children. And even though I don't have natural children, I still put the children part in there because we know God ain't finished yet. Who knows? I might be a mother someday physically, but even if I'm not, I have spiritual children and I have children in my life that are, that are precious to me. So, Hey, I spread that blessing around, but regardless, he says he's going to increase me more and more and more. And he says, this is why. God said this is why he's doing it. He says, because you are blessed of the Lord. I have blessed you. That's why. So don't ever co-sign and sign up for decrease. I don't care if you are looking for a job. I don't care if you are waiting for your, your unemployment check or whatever it might be, your loan to go through. Don't you ever, ever co-sign for lack. When God has said, I'm your shepherd, you have everything you need. I'll richly supply and fill to the full your every need. According to my riches and glory, I've given you the power to get wealth. I crown the year with a bountiful harvest. I give you your wealthy place, your abundant place. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I anoint your head with oil. Your cup overflows. With blessings. Don't you ever speak against that and curse yourself. No, you you say amen. Yes and amen. So be it unto me. Because the Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. And so you give your amen, which means so be it. And then it wouldn't be the good life of Don Richards if we didn't go to the foundation of it all, John 10, 10. And there we see the clear distinction between Jesus and his purpose in your life and Satan and his purpose in your life. Honey, if you didn't know, there's a devil running loose and it's your authority to keep him bound and under your feet because that's where he's been condemned to be. And he doesn't have any more power than what you allow him. So you use your authority to keep him in his place. And Jesus called him out for the slew-footed devil he is right there. And he says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's all the enemy can do for you, child of God person listening today that maybe hasn't received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, all the devil can do for you is kill, steal, and destroy. And you have to make sure that's not so. Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. One translation says, to the full till it overflows. Do you get that that's God's mantra? That's how he rocks. That's his method. 
modus operandi. His modus operandi is overflowing, lavish, abundant, wealthy, well, doing well, well-being, spirit, soul, and body. Third John 2 says, I pray above all things that you be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. When you look at God and you see what God has for you, it's good, good, and good. In fact, good can get gooder. That's why he said, I'll increase you more and 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 more. There are levels to this thing. Glory to God. And you got to get yourself stirred up and you got to get on God's side and get in, get in the word and learn what God has said about you and who he's called you to be. And then you got to represent. Glory to God. And that was John 10, 10. So now as we close out, I want to pray over your lives today. And then I want to pray for anyone who has not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior If you're listening to this message today, if you're under the sound of my voice, then I want you to know today that Jesus loves you. He died for every person walking the face of the earth. And that includes you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It only matters that you believe and that you receive him as your Lord and Savior. And so right now, If you will confess that Jesus died on the cross for you and that he rose again and that he is the son of God, you shall be saved. You call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And we welcome you into the family of God. We welcome you into eternity with Jesus. And all of heaven rejoices. Glory be to God. And I thank you, Father, for every person listening to this today that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider, and that your abundant provision is seen in our lives, in earth. As it is in heaven. I thank you Lord that we lack no good thing. We come behind in no good thing. But we always abound. And we have all sufficiency in all things. We know that our help comes from you. We know that you are the source of everything. And we lack no good thing. And we shall not lack. We shall not want. And we shall not be diminished. We thank you for your abundant provision. We thank you for your love, your great, great love for us, Lord. For all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. We thank you that you keep us safe from the deadly plague, from any calamity, any ruin, Lord. There will be no financial ruin. There will be no physical ruin. There will be no familiar ruin. We thank you that the families of the people of God are strong. The marriages are strong. The children are blessed. All is well with your people. All is well in the family of God. And we thank you for your goodness. 
and your mercy that endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you so much for listening today. As always, I encourage you to share and be liberal with sharing the podcast. You can download it. You can tell a friend or two or three or four. Um, You can have study groups around it. Now that we're kind of sheltering in place, it's a great time to come together around the word. I would love it if you would rate it, if you would leave a podcast, if you would subscribe, if you're not already following. um, And just help us to perpetuate getting this word out more and more um, to the people who need it in in the earth. And I do bless you until we're together again. Be well, live intentionally, and remember to embrace the good life. God bless.